podcast. This is the Struggling Hunters with myself and Eric, and uh, we got Joe over there on the other side. Howdy. Uh, perfect. <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, as always, whenever we start this podcast, you know, I just want to say thanks for giving us a shot, giving us a listen. For those that listen all the time, thank you, guys. Appreciate it so much. Uh, we're in the growing phase of this, of this podcast. And as always, you know, we just ask that if you could help us grow by giving us a comment, a like, a share, I know it's kind of a lot, especially whenever you're just trying to listen and, and, uh, you know, just want to space off and listen to some hunting, some hunting conversations. Uh, but if you could, or if you could find the time, we'd much appreciate it. So with that said, you know, we got a pretty good podcast i think it's a it's a debatable one uh and and i don't know if if you know our thoughts on it are going to be 100 percent correct uh part of the reason why is is um i haven't done so i guess I, let me back up just a little bit so tonight's topic is uh you know what what's what's um what's more favorable like private land or public land or which one has their benefits. And I'm going to definitely give my thoughts on that. And I'm sure Joe will too, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I know I've done a little bit of private land hunting, but nothing, nothing. Um, you know, it's not my normal, I'm more of a public land guy. So, um, so yeah, anyways, before we get into that though, let me, back up a little bit and uh for those of you that have listened for a while we've been talking about fred bear's 10 commandments uh going down the list the last 10 podcasts we're at number 10 now yeah and uh joe i'll go ahead and hand that off to you if you want to read that off for everybody yeah so fred bear's number 10 final 10th commandment reads uh Next year's hunt begins the minute this season's hunt ends. Yeah, um, I'll just speak on that real quick. Uh, that's definitely something that I thought about a lot whenever I was hunting elk, especially the whole time I was I was uh, going through these commandments. And as I was getting closer and closer to the end of my hunting season, I was really looking at this number 10 and, and just thinking, you know, how do I utilize that for my benefit? And I feel like I've been doing that a little bit, you know, just really replaying what happened this last year and kind of setting up a plan of where I want to go next year and how I want to approach things. I'm, you know, I'm definitely, I've been somewhat prepping for next year's hunt in that matter. So I really like that one. You know, most of these commandments we've said them before, but they're pretty simple, but they're nice little reminders. Just to right. keep your head in the game. Well, I and feel like too, with that, it. just keeping your head in the game in the 10 commandments, like of Fred bears is you can kind of just pull out one commandment and just focus on that. Like, you know, they're, I feel like if you just if you just lived one of those commandments, you'll probably probably increase your hunting experience quite largely. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, because like just going through our learning experience over the last couple of years and just how we kind of just focused on one or two things 
over the last couple of years and more importantly, the last year or so is when we've really tried to just take one or two things and focus and getting better. So like, you know, like they're all, like you said, they're all simple things, but shoot, if you focused on one or two of them, whatever ones you felt like you lacked or the ones you felt like you could do, you know, heck your hunting experience will probably increase by more than what your, or your experiences in the wood will probably get better as far as finding stuff probably by more than what you'd expect. Oh yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Uh, the only exception to that is probably leaving out number 10 until the actual end of the season. Correct. <laughs> until the end of your season, whether it's a two day hunt or a one day hunt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, all you get to hunt that year. Then <laughs> just wait until the end of the, until the actual end of the hunt. Don't be beginning of the hunt. And you're like, well, I need to plan next year's hunt already. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely kept number 10 in mind. Uh, you know, as soon as I was done with my elk hunt, especially my elk hunt, but, and, and sort of my deer hunt too, you know, I'm already kind of thinking about what I want to do next year and how I want to approach things. And, and, uh, well, you know, do I want to go to the same area or do I want to go somewhere right. else? And so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely working on that right now too on the deer side but uh definitely i i started thinking about that the second it was over with elk and i'm like i'm like well i think one of my plans is i'm gonna start pretty much where i ended and go from there and and see what happens yeah well you know like if <laughs> bring in like so if you i don't know like you know there's some big names i get i'm trying to put all my thoughts together here and i can't keep like jumping from one one big idea to another. And now I'm trying to round them all back. So that way I don't him haul my way through what I'm trying to say, but you know, uh, we, there's all sorts of big hunting names in the industry of hunting in the world of hunting over the years. And, uh, you know, and I get, you know, like none of them are probably like a glorified as much as a sports as, you know, like, uh, uh, professional sports is basketball football baseball and all that but you know so like you kind of throw in um you know like michael jordan and and whatnot into that realm of like trying to follow someone to someone's example to better yourself and you know like one of the reasons why he was so good is because when the end of the season was ended he was already in the gym prepping for next year right the next day the season was over you know so and i you know he's you know, not to go too far down the sports hole right now at that, but he was, you know, one of the greats and he didn't start out as a great, he had to work to become the great. And uh, that's one of the things he did to become better. So, you know, you take that over and uh, I should have looked to see when, when Fred bear wrote these commandments, because I'm sure they're written. Um, you think him and Jordan sat down together and came? But that's what I was curious about, you know, like <laughs> yeah. Fred Bear's like, hey, look, you can uh, better your game if, you know, the day this your season's over, you start practicing for next year. Yeah, yeah. yeah You know, and Michael MJ's over there. Oh, what's you got that. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, bear dog. <laughs> <laughs> bear dog, yeah. <laughs> hey, Jordan, next year, try to stay downwind from all the players. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got these commandments. If you just live by them, I'll up your game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, you know, just how important that back on track, how important that is to, to keep all that um, in the front of your brain to get ready for next year. Cause you know, I think that's one of the, th- we've said in previous podcasts is and part and why we're doing the podcast and struggling hunters is to remember our mistakes from last year, more or less talk about them all year. So that way when the season starts next year, we can be like, Oh, remember when that happened. And now what are we going to do to keep that from happening? You know, we've had all year discussing it. Now, what was that plan to keep that from happening? Yeah. Just trying to improve that little bit. Right. That's another thing with the sports analogy, you know, is the Jordans, the Tom Brady's, the Kobe Bryant's, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they work tirelessly just to improve that 1%. Right. You know, and, and, um, but that 1% meant so much to their game and, yeah. uh, and, or, or still does for Tom Brady, at least still <laughs> play. I mean, he's still playing and going at it, but anyway, um, you know, it, to kind of, I, I mean, I feel like right now where me and you are, you know, everything that we do is, is, is for the, 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 to level up in, in the game of hunting. Uh, you know, I mean, we're, we're doing more than just the 1%, but even whenever, whenever we get there, you know, like, I mean, now we're like, Oh yeah, we leveled up 10% or 20%, you know, I mean, it's right. kind of metaphorical. I mean, it's not something that we think about or, or, well, we probably think about it, but it's not something that we literally take to heart, but it is kind of, it's more of a metaphor than anything, but but what I'm getting at is eventually we will still be working hard, you know, improving that 1% every right. year. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because I was watching, you know, the born and raised guys doing their hunts. And, and uh, you know, we, we sat here, I guess, with a critique what we do every day when we go out in the woods and armchair quarterback when we're back at camp. Oh, man, we screwed up by doing this. Oh, man, you know, this and that and yada, yada, yada. And, but then I was watching Born and Raised, and they got into like a, you know, a, a herd of elk, and they were within, you know, like a hundred yards, and they were watching them bedding and stuff. And they're like, "We don't know what to do," <laughs> <laughs> you know, like they're we've been hunting elk for twenty years, and we had the situation, and you know, they're like, "Well, do we do a stock on these elk? Do we um, throw out a bugle?" You know, like what is the right scenario? So it's kind of funny. Like you know, you we talk about improving, but then at the same time, in the world of hunting, you, when it comes down to it, sometimes all that prep comes down to like, well, the <laughs> I can't quite read my situation right now. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that makes sense. I mean, I to relate or to add to the story, like I I had that whenever. Uh, whenever I released my arrow and missed. And if you guys listening for the first time, it's, I can't remember what podcast, but it's a few podcasts (laughs) back. Um, I talk about me missing, but I remember just sitting there watching. I could still see the elk running through the woods disappear. They were disappearing, but I, I kind of had that same, like, 
what do I do? You know, I just blew my shot and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm just standing here at a set still, like there's nothing I can do about it. And, uh, long story short, I, I ended up just laying out a bugle and, and to my surprise, I was so shocked that it happened, but I did get a bugle back and, uh, nothing ever came of it, but I, I just, like I said, relating to that story with born and raised is you find yourself in those situations where you're like, I don't know. What do I, what, what do I do? I mean, this is, this is all up to me right now, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm either going to, you know, make a fool of myself or, or, uh, or be a hero. Right. I seem to make a fool of myself more often <laughs> than being a hero. So, uh, well, you're, well, you- I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but you're pretty darn good at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'll take my wins where I can, I guess. <laughs> oh, shoot. Oh, well, I guess with that, I'll, I think we kind of uh, wrapped everything up with Fred Bears number 10. Um, but it, if you guys have just tuned in for the first time and are still humbly listening to us babble on, this long into the podcast and we just wrapped up number 10, you know, go ahead and Google Fred bears, number 10 or 10 commandments and read through them for yourself. Cause I felt like as we went through these 10 commandments, that there's always something that I was like, I can relate to all 10 fairly well. And, you know, there's a couple of them that maybe we'll do another podcast on what the ones that we've, we, we enjoyed uh, reading about and the ones that we want to focus on for yeah. the next year. Yeah, I know it's kind of, it's been something, I mean, the last 10 podcasts, 10 or so, maybe 11. I, I can't remember how we started. I think, it, yeah, last 10. Um, the the one thing about the about having them, though, is it was all, it kind of gave us something to always start out our podcast <laughs> with. So now, now it's over. So it's like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> but yeah, with that. Uh, you know, that was the 10 commandments. So I guess moving on, Joe, I'll, I'll ask you and kind of open up the dialogue. Uh, I guess part of the reason that we got this topic was from the comment. Thanks, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Frank. Um, thanks for, uh, asking for the, for the topic, but, uh, I'll just hand it off to you, Joe, and ask you what, uh, what are some of the benefits between, in, in your opinion, uh, between hunting private land and public land? Uh, you know, it's that, like you said earlier, it's going to be a debatable question depending on who you talk to. But one of the things I will say the nice, so <laughs> I already hear the arguments in my head, but you know, the nice thing about public or private land is, you know, who's on it. You know, you don't, you're not going to have a hundred hunters out there pushing, pushing the deer. So in a way you go, okay, but you know, it, man, I'm jumping ahead of my, I'm answering all my stories or questions before I get them out. And I just start jumping, jumping down the gun to the next thing. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, you're going to know who's in the woods, the deer aren't going to be pressured or the animal aren't going to be pressured the same. And so I was, I was going to say, you know, being that they're not pressured the same, they're not going to be as wary, but they're still going to have their instincts, you know? So 
yeah, you're going to be able to get pretty close to that buck that hangs around the, the barnyard or the farm, you know, like that's a given. They're used to people walking around, but out in the woods, you know, you get a little deeper. They, they're still um, aware of their surroundings. So it's not like you're totally going to walk in on an elk or a deer and just take it because it's standing there in front of you. Um, so that's, you know, on the private side, that's kind of a plus though, because you're, you well, then you're going to have more, probably more animals around that ain't going to be, you know, scared leaving as much as if it's a big chunk of property that you can kind of go to different areas. Public side, everybody knows you're going to be dealing with, um, a ton of hunters depending on the area. So that is going to make you make you have to become a better hunter. And what does it mean to be a better hunter? Um, understanding the woods, I guess, a little bit better. You know, food, water, uh, the what season the deer or the elk are in the quarry you're, that you're going after. Meaning, you know, if it's elk, uh, post rut or rut, um, pre rut. Uh, you know, winter time, springtime, all that's going to affect where the elk are going to want to be in the deer. I feel like deer, you pretty much just have rut or non, not, I guess mule deer, you're going to have migration too. Um, so, you know, like you got to take all that into account. Um, even, I mean, I guess that goes both ways, private and public, but on the public side, you got to kind of know exactly what, what you're doing a little bit more. So that way you're not wasting time. God, you talk like you go all deep and wanting to sound like you know what you're talking about and like you know you, you got to get out there you got to work hard but then like you know at least during the rut as we we talked about in your hunt last week there's guys that shot at a buck right off the road and it wasn't even it was like almost a buck of a lifetime yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean well and, and i mean that's just the variables to hunting i think you know exactly i mean put all the work in you do a 10 mile hike and don't see anything or some old old boy is sitting at camp while everybody else is out hunting and bull a bull or a buck of a lifetime walk through walks right through camp yeah you know i mean it's just what do you do you know it's i mean i i think there's a lot of things that you can do to put yourself in a really good position to find the success and get more successful. And I think me and you've been working on that and it's been benefiting us too, but every once in a while, it's just, I mean, it just comes down to pure luck. Right. You know, and, right. Uh, and, and I guess like, you know, like what, as far as what's better is or not better. I don't know. Like if I had the op- opportunity, I'm going to hunt private. If I have the opportunity, I'm going to hunt public. Like, you know, like that's, the way it is for me and i go where i'm I'm able to get a tag yeah and uh i enjoy both <laughs> yeah i i mean i um to kind of caveat with what you said about that about like private land um i haven't had an opportunity to do a lot of private land stuff but so my thoughts on it is is kind of you know if, if you're on a big private property where um where there's a lot of land i mean 
you know, if there's elk that hang out in a, on a, on top of a ridge or whatever, every night on private, I mean, more than likely they're probably going to go right back there every night. Right. You could kind of, you could kind of, it kind of happened to us a little bit. You had that private, you know, for an example, you had that private land that you could hunt. Right. Well, for like a month or whatever, I might be exaggerating by a week or two, but you know, you were scouting these bucks that were coming down and, you know, hanging out and opener, they, they were just gone. I mean, yeah. there's no rhyme or reason. They just weren't there. And, uh, and so that private property wasn't the biggest. So, you know, you're just kind of stuck there and you're like, no, really, they, they've been coming down here every, you know, <laughs> I got yeah. pictures to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you were just kind of stuck. So that, that, I would say that's kind of a downfall to private, like, you know, especially if you have a smaller private where, you know, right. maybe 10 acres or 20 acres, 30 acres or whatever, but you know, it, those deer deer might be hanging out on that piece of private, but one that opener that they might not, they just might not show up, and that's just right. the name of the game. So you're stuck on this one piece of private with no deer on it. You know, I mean, it could kind of backfire. We're public, like you 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 said earlier. I mean, you have a lot more depending on where you are too. I mean, that's something True. That we haven't, we haven't had to deal with it. And me and you personally haven't dealt with it because we've been always fortunate enough to live in places where there's tons of public. Right. man. But, um, so if you live in a state where there's tons of public land, I mean, I mean, yeah, we can roam anywhere and, and it's really nice, but it, it can get hectic though. You know, when, when uh, everybody has the same idea as you and end up, on the same trailhead as you and you know yeah opening morning you're well, like, ah. so i got a little example as far as that goes so number of years ago the last last time i had a rifle tag i guess it's been four years now did my due diligence you know scouting property or scouting land <laughs> found a buck that was like an awesome buck for the area that i was hunting it was bigger than anything i've shot pretty stoked you know and, uh, and I was like, well, I'm nowhere I'm going to be open in the morning. And I got up there like hours before the sun came up and like got into my spot. Cause I was like, if this buck's really in here, I do not want to bugger him out of the area, you know? Uh-huh. So I picked out a spot in the hill where I could see where he was living, perched up, had my hand warmers. Like I was up there, but I was like the first one up on the hill. Well, just before the sun comes up, these dudes come barreling down the dirt road and hop out of their trucks with these big old like LED headlamps lighting up the whole hillside, busting through the scrub oak right where I was watching for the buck Uh, and like go perch up on the spot and wait for the sun to come up. And, you know, I was like, well, shoot, there goes that. I mean, and I don't think he was really in there, but like, you just never know, you know, like I, they could, I could have seen something else or something. I don't know, but, and then it was kind of, those guys didn't help the situation either way. Right. And it was kind of funny too. Cause as I started hiking out, I ran into a husband and a wife, they were hiking out of the same trail, but I beat them in there. And then another guy, two guys are coming out the bottom of the draw with packs on their back they went down and like camped the night down in there 
So they were already down in there before me, but they were down, down further. Right. But it was, you know, like public land, like, you know, and then I got looking on the other side up the hill from me and there's people up on top. So like from that spot I was hunting, I had one, two, see, one, two, three groups of people, four groups, including me hunting one Canyon. Yeah. So, you know, that's, but that's public land. Like that's what you have to, you have to, I guess, put up with, but Hey, you got a tag in your pocket and you just got to hunt harder. Yep. But yeah, that's the thing is just try to try to. And I ended up getting a deer that year and he wasn't the biggest one. He was, you know, he was a little three point that he wasn't all that wide or impressive, but I filled my tag. <laughs> yeah. Hey, at least you filled your tag. That's, that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so the other thing too, we talking about public and private property and whatnot. And the other, another question on it too, was like how to ask for permission to hunt on private property. And, uh, you know, I, you know, you, for the most part, go up and ask. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just, yeah. I, and you gotta be very respectful too. Because when I asked for permission this that last time, I had one guy, I, or three, two guys that said yes, and one guy that said no. And you know, like as soon as he said no, I was not was not pushing. You know, I wasn't like, oh come on, you know, like just just let me do it. You know, it's, it's his property. I'm asking for permission. And uh, but one of the things I think you can do too is if you know where you want to hunt. So the, well, I guess there's a couple of things. If you know where you want to hunt and it's preseason, you know, I say try to do as much brown nosing as you can do. You know, if they're if they're a farmer or something, you know, like say, hey, I'll come muck corrals or something, you know, because they're giving you a service. You got, you know, kind of got to repay it back, I feel, de- depending on how well you know them or how they are. You know, like some of them probably turn you down anyways, but, you know, at least – do something to uh to repay the service that they're allowing you to to do on their property oh 100 percent yeah that's uh just yeah just try to try to help them out solve their problem and right maybe they'll help solve your problem i mean that's really what it comes down to i've yeah. never i you know whenever it comes to hunting private and stuff i'm never really done too much of that just a little bit you know here and there but um right well over the years i've done a little bit of it but uh yeah i don't know man we're kind of fortunate that way where we don't really have to though because we have the publics and then you know um you and i haven't really gotten uh, one of the nice you know trophy units or whatever as far as but um you know, both of our states kind of have that program too, where we we can get some nice, we can right? Go, yeah, have the opportunity. The point, yeah, you have the opportunity for the you know build up some points and blah blah blah, and and then those trophy units. Though, I mean, one of the one of the things with them is is it's a limited area, so there's not as much pressure, and it's almost like private land in a way. You might not know exactly how many people are in there, but you know that it's not as many as the the other right over the counter draws right 
Well, and the other unit. interesting thing too is like a handful of states. I believe Colorado is one of them, Utah, but they have like the public land access to where, or sorry, private land access or walk-in access where like they'll they'll let you access private. Their hunter or sorry, landowners will allow hunting and fishing to go along with their property if you sign in, check in. And like, there's some of them that will open it up for certain seasons and to X amount of people, you know, like where you just kind of got to send in an email and say, Hey, I want to hunt. And they'll say, okay. You know, like, or no, as we only allow the rifle season for the uh, late or early season or whatever, you know? So like there's those things you can check into too, that can give you uh, the opportunity to hunt some pr- uh, private property. Yeah, I've never taken advantage of. I guess I should probably try to maybe try to understand that a little bit more. But I just like that with not really asking anybody and just going where I know I can just go wherever I want. Yeah, be safe. Yeah, that's kind of how I am too. I mean, I'm. I don't know. Maybe down the road I'll change my tune on that. It just like you said, it's just I like to just go out and um just kind of do my own thing and have my own own permission, I guess, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't got to talk to nobody. Nobody tells this dude what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of. I mean, it's so, yeah, I don't know. I like, I like hunting public land because it, I don't know to me. I mean, well, it, you know, it's, it's our land. I mean, right. I, I mean, it's everybody's land and you know, that that's the funny thing kind of, going off topic a little bit but but public land is it has a fun like it, it's everybody's land it's right every, you know but at the same time uh when, when you see somebody on everybody's land but they're in your spot you're like oh sons of guns you know and, <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean like it, yeah. it's so funny yeah. like, i mean really you, you get a little be, territorial like it, I, it is your property <laughs> I, I purposely try not to be that way. Like, cause I, I'm like, Hey man, you know, yeah. Does it suck? I mean, yeah. And, and you know, maybe I would be a little bit mad if, uh, if I was, you know, let's say I was chasing down a, a big bowl and I knew exactly where he was going to pop out or had an idea of where he was going to pop out at or whatever. And some, somebody comes tromping right in front of, right in front of me and kind of blowing the area. I mean, I'd be a little, you know, what the heck, you know, but yeah, um, I don't know. I try to be pretty understandable of that, but I also get the other side of it where, um, where people kind of, you know, get irritated or whatnot, but yeah, but I just feel like it's kind of part of the game. I mean, I just feel like that's, that's the way it is whenever you're hunting public land. I mean, correct. Somebody's going to tromp through your area and that's just, I mean, you just got to deal with it. Right. And you can either talk to them and hopefully they'll, you know, tell you how their hunt's going and you tell them how your hunt's going and you can maybe help each other or something, you know, or just say hi and keep it all to yourself. Be cordial. You know, you don't have to (laughs) tell them what you've seen more or less, but it's nice. You know, he might give you a hand. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I've definitely ran into those kind of hunters where they're, they're not, I don't know where they're real short with you. Like they're, they're, you know, it's like, come on, man, what are you doing? You know, you look, you look like an idiot, but, um, 
I don't know. Yeah. I like hunters that are more cordial. I mean, it, it's funny, you know, I come across hunters and it's amazing how much information they give up. And I'm like, I don't know why you're telling me this. Then sometimes I wonder, I'm like, are you throwing me off the track here or something? You know, right. like, well, I'll admit too that sometimes, you know, I don't give up like everything until I sat there and talk to the guys for a little bit. And, you know, then it's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll give you a little bit more information just, just because it seems like you're kind of honest with me and I'm honest with you, but like a lot of times, yeah. you know, like, oh, you're being short with me. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, you yeah. know what? You just get that you're giving off a bad vibe. Oh, have a good day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, there's, there's definitely a little bit of that. I mean, I don't know, like whenever we went deer hunting, the one guy that was hunting for elk, I mean, I, you know, I figured I'd try to help him out kind of knew where, where they like to be. I, you know, I wasn't a hundred percent sure where they were because I haven't seen them for a while, but I know where they like to go, go down and, and feed in the early in the mornings and head back up the mountain. So I was like, Hey, go check out this area, you know? And Yeah. Uh, but he was elk hunting. I was deer hunting. So. Right. I mean, you know, I was like, Hey, I'll help you out, man. Hopefully you get successful. That's really what it's about, man. You just want to help people. I mean, they're all out there. Most of them just out there wanting to put meat in their freezer too, you know? So just right. Right. And we're a community. That's the other thing too, that I try to think of more than anything is right. Instead of having all these battles or, or whatever, you know, cause you went and walked through my spot, just, Hey man, we're, we're, we're the same type of people. Let's, let's stick together and, you know, try to try to make, make it better for, for everybody, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that was, I feel like every time we do this podcast, I always have another uh, reason why I wanted to do a podcast, but that was one of them was conservation and community uh, means a lot to me also. So True. Well, so I guess we kind of, we'll just move on. There's a last, it's kind of a couple part question, but the last question on this, on his comment was, uh, is it worth buying your own property? <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I think it's always worth buying your own property. I mean, uh, there's a couple of things you can like, do it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like I'm, uh, yeah, if you could do it, I mean, um, you know, there, and it kind of goes along to a chunks of property too. Like, you know, I, if you're buying property and there's no animals in sight then you probably don't want to buy it there. But, you know, if you wanted to hunt on for, for sure, do your research and find some that, that is going to have animals close to it and make it, make your property an oasis to draw them onto it. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Being able to, to, uh, which one day I would like to buy some property and try to figure out a way to manage it to where, it was attractive to uh deer, maybe even elk too, depending on where that property was. But uh man, that'd be awesome to make it attractive, <laughs> you know, and yeah, almost guarantee that you're gonna get a nice buck or or right. a nice bull come through every year. Uh that would be pretty that'd be pretty sweet. So yeah, I, yeah, I say I say it's worth buying your own property and you or know, the better it. thing is probably have your buddy buy buy the property so that way you can just mooch off of them. There you go. So you said you're buying. So uh, thanks, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> gonna need some a uh, little bit of labor. 
I'm gonna need some free labor out of the deal. So <laughs> okay, dang it. I'm buying property. I can't I can't afford to pay anybody. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Eric has a big mansion, you know who built it. <laughs> or big cabin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, big old three-decker cabin. Three-story cabin. Yeah. <laughs> you see Joe all all crippled up and Eric all being all healthy and yeah kicked back in my in my uh lazy boy yep Joe the board's creaking over there yeah. <laughs> got it Eric <laughs> <laughs> can I refresh your beverage <laughs> yeah. yeah it's getting a little low that'd be nice <laughs> <laughs> can I massage your feet too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'll be all right with the feet though, Joe. <laughs> but I like feet. <laughs> this this took a weird turn. <laughs> I was trying to go all Mr. Deeds, but uh <laughs> I couldn't get it to flow. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, this this podcast came to a screeching halt. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, well anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, if you get, you know, your own property, it's, if you have that ability, do your homework, understand, uh, maybe understand what type of year, you know, like the deer, the elk would be meaning, you know, like mule deer, they're going to migrate. Um, elk are going to migrate whitetail deer. And I don't know what will, you know, like they're, I think they live within a square mile their whole life, but you know, so if you buy some property, try to understand, what time of year the animals will be there. You know, you might not see it in the summertime, but they might be there in the wintertime or you don't see them there in the summertime, but they'll might be there in the winter or, you know, like you get what I'm trying to put out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Ah, I like it. Uh, kind of got me thinking about my big cabin and property, but. Um, and my back's already starting to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'll give you a call I'll be like hey i need a little oh man i'm busy well, i guess you don't really want to hunt property too much huh <laughs> i'll be there this weekend <laughs> sucker <laughs> <laughs> no it yeah that'd be nice though it'd be nice hopefully one day yeah but i do like what you did there yeah I just have a friend that likes to buy property <laughs> that's not a bad idea either <laughs> no but it's like a two double-edged sword there you got to be respectful you know it, no matter which way you do it you know asking or you have a friend or whatever you know you 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 want those relationships to be good yeah well you get a lot out of it i mean I right think, i think trying to make genuine friendships you know and i mean whether whether they say, ah, nah, don't want you to hunt the property or not, you know, just still go help them out every once in a while. Maybe right. No, for some sure. Other access or, yeah, you know, let you do something or, or maybe they don't let you do anything, but you know, maybe they're good people or whatever. I mean, yeah, that happens too. You know, some people are just protective. My, my, uh, my grandpa-in-law, <laughs> I don't hunt his property. <laughs> but right i like the i like the guy so right i mean you know um, yeah yep 
there's that respect (laughs) yeah 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 so i mean mostly i'm i I probably could hunt his property if i wanted but i just get afraid to ask him because i've seen him i've seen him actually tell people no before and i'm like i'm glad i'm not on that end of that conversation right yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) but but his his area is mostly deer anyway you know so Mm. I, you know, um, I, I, this podcast is probably rounding out to come to a, to a, to an end here soon, but I'll throw this out there. One of my mistakes in Colorado. So if you're a Colorado person and you've been wanting to get into hunting or you are into hunting, I'd say definitely put in for your deer tags too. I, I did it for, well, since I moved out here, I never, never put in for a deer at all. And, um, until this last year and man, I regret it so much. You know, I just was so focused on those elk, but, um, you know, I, I, now I'm like, man, why haven't I been doing this every year? You know, just putting, I mean, at least I get that other chance to yeah. get some kind of success. Right. So, so just kind of a, just kind of a thought, you know, if, if you're, I mean, I'm in love with elk hunting and that's probably part of the problem. I just wanted to focus all my attention <laughs> on elk hunting and, and, um, and, and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, I just went, you know, looking back, I mean, looking back at all my mistakes, that's definitely one mistake that I, I definitely had was, was not putting in for right. deer. No, I'll say that too. Like I've been, I've been putting in for deer both, I'll, you know, I, I guess, yeah. Second, what you've been saying but like I kind of miss rifle season, so I think I'm going to start doing like a deer, a rifle deer season, and keeping um, archery for elk. Yeah, yeah, I I like that. For me personally, I know I know for out here, I I really like that system. Doing the hunting that third season in Colorado for deer. Um, I, I I mean my tag this year was antlerless. If if uh, you want to listen to that podcast, the last one before this one was yeah, about how I got that deer. Right, <laughs> number eight. Go have a listen. It's actually a pretty fun listen. I I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was good. It was good. But uh, but yeah, I I got that one and uh, shoot, what was I? I can't remember what I was trying to say about that. Uh, hunting third season. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But third season, most of the time they're around third season, uh, they're, they're in their rut. And so hunting third season in Colorado, you got them in their rut. They're following does right off the side of the road kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then, and then, and then uh, doing the, doing the, the archery hunt for elk. I mean, they're, they're also in their rut. So, so it's, um, you get a lot of activity, you know, from my limited experience of hunting deer and elk in their ruts. Yeah. Um, it seems like you get a little bit of activity with the elk. I didn't see a lot of elk except that last day, but, um, but I know that one night, like, I mean, what, it was a couple of days before the end of the season or whatnot. And, and that, uh, it was like a Monday night or something like that. And, woke up to them just bugling their heads off, you know, and I was, I've said it before, but I'll 
say it again is they uh bugling their heads off and it woke me up and i just remember like getting wide-eyed and bushy tailed about it and i'm like oh i can't wait till tomorrow morning <laughs> but then during the day they were quiet all day but neither here or there it was cool you know just being ah man there's something about an elk bugle is just no it's it's, it's different it's fun it's majestic especially when you're like oh that's an elk like you yeah know, it's, uh, you don't get to hear it every day mm-hmm. yeah it's nice it's that's just yeah it's just a cool cool experience cool experience so yeah uh, well I guess we'll just kind of just wrap, I'll wrap it up and, you know, kind of abrupt quit stop right there, but, um, you know, kind of just end it here for her wrap, wrap it up here. You know, our questions were hunting private property versus uh public and, um, how, how do you ask, um, and owning or buying a piece of property for, um, for hunting? Should you do it? I say, yeah. And, uh, if you know, but under, try to understand where, what time of season the deer, what type, what time in the season, the animal is going to, what season in the animal season is going to be there anyways. But, <laughs> uh, I guess before I get us out here completely, do you have anything else you want to add to Eric? Um, not really add to, but that was fun answering those, those, you know, that question, that online question. So Again, if you're still listening, uh, you know, send us a, uh, another question or and and you know a topic or something for us to answer and give our take on it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I thought tonight was kind of fun going back and forth on that one. So yeah, that's that's all I got, man. All right. Well, with that being said, thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Struggling Hunters. Uh, thank you for your time. We've um, really appreciate it and hopefully we've uh, earned your like to subscribe and hit the like button um, if you're listening to youtube or wherever wherever you are we do appreciate it and thank you for your time and with that uh, we'll talk to you guys in a week take care later